0: Hey everybody, this is House of Hope podcast series presented by Goffman and House of Hope. Today's topic is Grace in the Marketplace Part 2. Our speaker today is Sam Alpha. Thank you, Brother Sam, for reading the Word of God to us. Let us pray. Our most high God, we thank you for this great privilege that you've given to us. Even to be under you, to receive revelation from you directly by reading your word. Father Lord, we pray that we are not just reading for reading's sake, but that we are using your word as a mirror to see ourselves. Thank you for reminding us that the only thing that matters in this life is you. So help us, Lord, to align ourselves, our ways with you. Father, as we are here this morning to receive from you teachers from above, Amen. and let us live here more fulfilled than we came, because we have prayed in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. We are dealing with um, amazing grace, and we are looking at... Um, Chapter five, we started last week, and by the grace of God, we will complete that today. We've had um, different teachings about amazing grace, that wonderful, powerful uh, book. I want to thank God for what God has exposed us to as far as amazing grace is. That grace is amazing indeed. Look at what we read this morning from that um, Second Corinthians 2 14. You no, know, it says, now thanks be unto God who always causes us to triumph. That is a part of the benefits of amazing grace. That God causes you to triumph. God causes you to be victorious. That is amazing grace. Many people out there don't know this. But it's a privilege that you know it. So we want to thank God for what God um, taught us from last week about grace in the marketplace. Grace in the marketplace. Uh, I want us to read our text for... This teaching, and that is 2 Peter chapter 1 and verse 3. 2 Peter 1 and verse 3 said, As his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and Virtue. Brethren, last week I told us that when I read this, the thing that God ministered to me is this, uh, that grace is a divine encounter in which the divine takes over the natural and transforms the natural into what the divine has planned to do with the natural but with the cooperation of the natural. And if you remember many times I said that grace is an encounter between the natural and the divine, between man and God. It's an encounter. And when you have that encounter, the divine takes over the natural. But the divine does not force that takeover. The natural, which is man, willingly allows the divine. And we said that if the divine takes over the natural, something remarkable must happen. It must happen. And those are the things that we have been looking at. Looking at, looking at. Something must happen when the divine takes over. It's an encounter, it's a collision. That is grace. And we said last week that when something remarkable happens, it's not just limited to just you in your house or in your home, but then it transfers in your life to wherever you go, including the marketplace. And when we look at that verse, I just can't get over the verse because it's so loaded. It says that as his divine power has given to us all things, So when you have that encounter and the divine takes over the natural, what happens is everything about you changes and everything that you have is now by the divine. Because guess what? You now cease to exist because the divine has taken over. So everything, and he has given us, everything says, has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. That's what happens. He's given everything to you because of that encounter and because of your willingness. So everything is given. Then the other part is, it says, through the knowledge of him. And we said last week, it's not about what you know now. Because guess what, when that encounter happens, everything now, everything you know, I mean, now you begin to suffer from amnesia of what you know. Because the divine now, so it's through the knowledge of him, that is God, the knowledge of him who has called you. And then said, called us by glory and virtue. And we said that when you get to the marketplace, Because you are now a changed person. The glory of God just radiates over you. You begin to now operate to the divine virtue. Not your own anymore. And that is the grace of God for you in the marketplace. But we did say last week that one of the challenges that we've had has been that... Many times we suffer from identity crisis. And like, you know, like um, the pastor mentioned this morning that we need to stop compartmentalizing our lives. When we think that when we are in the church it's a different story from when we are at home or it's a different story from when we are at work. We need to stop because guess what? When this encounter happens, it does not matter where you are everything changes whether you are in the marketplace whether you are at home you can you are no longer going to say i'll behave like this or i'll behave like that when i mean wherever you are it doesn't matter anymore because that encounter has changed everything you've been given the power For all things, everything that pertains to life and godliness, everything. He didn't say some, everything. But we said that by the grace of God, we are no longer going to suffer from that identity crisis because now, through the knowledge of Him, we will now know what our position is and now begin to operate with the divine virtue. And we ended up praying that God will help us so that we will not, you know, be... Victims of identity crisis, but I will know that whatever whatever we earn, when we begin to operate, we're operating now by the grace of God in the marketplace. So we're told that the grace of God in the marketplace, it covers anything that we do to earn income for ourselves. So the grace of God. Then we briefly looked at why grace. In the marketplace, and there was something that we said. Tell yourself, I am God's special treasure. treasure. You are not saying it convincingly. I am God's 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 special treasure. treasure. And they also say, I am God's jewel. I am God's jewel. That is why grace matters in the marketplace. Because that encounter gives you a different identity And then what happens is now God begins to see you as his jewel He sees you as a special treasure And we said we know how we treat treasure We know how we treat jewel God treats you even better than that And because you are his special treasure Treasure, because you are his jewel. He ensures that, yes, you benefit from his glory and from his virtue that is bestowed upon you. And we did say that when you get to that point of having that encounter with God and now you are living that life. Of obedience to him then and you are adhering to his covenant then you do not have to worry about anything that may be confronting you anymore because god is there to take care of it for you so grace then is god's own contribution to your life and to godliness in you Some of the advantages of God's grace in the marketplace because you are his special treasure and you are his jewel that we looked at are one that God will place you above only. You remember that, right? He will place you above only. That was what God told the children of Israel. Above only, above only. Okay, you are not competing against anybody else there. They are competing against you, but you are just there by yourself. And the, God will move us from poverty to prosperity. Another promise that He gave, and we looked at the example of the children of Israel, and we looked at the testimony, I mean, of uh, I mean, of the G O. You know how where he was you know, with his family, you know, living in, you know, mud buildings. And when rain comes, the things change. And now where he is, that is God moving him from the level where he was to where he is now because of the grace of God. That's what happens, moving you from poverty to prosperity. And then we talked of favor, looking at the example of, You know, Daniel and the three Hebrew children, favor and distinction. Look at what God did for them. And then, of course, even using them too, we talked about promotion and lifting. And that is what the grace of God does. That's what the amazing grace of God does in the marketplace, in the marketplace. But that is not all. Because you know, when you get to this point of knowing what benefits, what advantages there are for having that encounter with God, for the divine taking over you, there's something that you begin to wonder about, how do I get there? How is this possible? What are some of the things that made it possible for the stories that I'm hearing about people who benefited from this grace. What, what are some of the things that matter? And so today we are going to continue to look at the things that some of these people did and how that those things too, if we do, will remain even in the blessing of this um, grace of God. So, preparation for promotion and lifting and favor and distinction. What is it? In our book, it says, you know, in the handout, you know, it says, unfortunately, even though Jesus has made this grace available, many Christians today are not experiencing this grace in their lives. It says, let us look at what made the rise and lifting of Daniel, Shedrach, Meshach, and Abednego to be possible and why many Christians are not experiencing similar results in their lives today. So it is good to know all these things that we have talked about, about the blessing, but why is it that many people are not benefiting from it? Why? Why? Well, we are going to look at the the life of um, Daniel and the three Hebrew children. I have here, said, promotion and lifting do not just come anyhow. So for God to showcase you as a special treasure and jewel, which is what God wants to do in the marketplace. He wants to showcase you because you are a special treasure to him. And so he makes things possible for you. He gives you lifting, he gives you favor, he gives you distinction, he does all that. For God to do that, the person must be fit for it. So you need to ask yourself, am I fit for the lifting of God? Am I fit for it? And so there's something that I call, you know, suitability, eligibility, Anticipation, expectation. Because before they lift you up, what did they do in the marketplace? They say, okay, now these were the things you are supposed to do. Did you meet expectations? Did you exceed expectations? You know, they, they ask those questions. So are you do you consider yourself Do I consider myself, am I fit for this lifting and this promotion? Promotion does not come to anyone who is not fitting if not it will just you know fall into the wrong place and consequently become a waste so what are some of the things that one needs to do what are some of the things that we can learn from the lives of the of the three hebrew children and daniel as far as being fit for these remarkable things that god does in the life of one who has had that encounter of grace. The first thing is consecration, and that's in our book. Consecration, we know very well, you know, I have it, you say it's, it's like a transfer of a person or a thing to the sacred sphere for a special purpose or service, okay? That is what consecration is. And when you look at the word consecration, it, it, it also means association with the sacred. So you cannot have that encounter and remain the same. Something was changed, and that thing that changes is consecration of your life. And that was what happened in the case of Daniel. If you look at Daniel chapter 1 and verse 8, it says, But Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the portion of the king's meat, nor with the wine which he drank, Therefore, he requested of the prince of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. Consecration. Daniel was aware of the thing that would defile him. He was aware of it. How many of us are aware? Of the things that can defile us. How many of us are vast in the things of the Bible so that when we are tempted by the devil, we know that, no, no, God, God doesn't want this. Ah, no, 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 no. That is a no-go area. How many of us will be like Daniel when we are presented with the food? at the king's in The food, the type of food that the king eats? How many of us will be presented with that food? and say, "Eh, hey, no, I think that this thing is probably defiled, I should not touch it. Or how many of us will say, hey God, you are wonderful. This is a great opportunity. Mm, You know, this thing comes only once in a lifetime, so God, thank you. How many of us will do that? So consecration comes with a Purposeful heart that is determined and willing to remain righteous in the face of a defiled world. Daniel and the three Hebrew children coming from Israel, being brought up in the way of the Lord, getting into Babylon knew that, look, we are coming from a place of consecration and the place we are getting into is defiled world. So if Daniel and the tribal children could discern and say, you know what, this thing is defiled, and this is not in accordance with the word of God, then you and I have no excuse for coming to America and say, well, you know, that's America. Don't blame medicine on America. It is a purposeful heart determination to be consecrated because it doesn't come easy. It does not come easy. You can't go to a place and then you are invited to, you know, you are invited by, by, by President Biden and then, and then uh, you know, they say, that, I mean, come and eat and say, ah, no, 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 no. You, you, you won't you say that. You will sit down and have yourself. Not that the food that is prepared there is defy, but they are just an example. So, we do not have an excuse now when we complain that, oh, this present generation, oh, you know, this present place where we are, you know, things are a little bit different than the way they used to be. I want to believe that Israel was probably not as affluent as Babylon at the time that Daniel and the three Hebrew children were taken there when they compared. It. Okay? But then, when they got to Babylon, they knew that, you know what? We need to still abide by the things that were taught. How many of us came here to America from another country, and then, as we, we decided to remain as effective as we were when we were back home in our village, in our villages, towns, in our country? So, like it says. There are many of us that are not experiencing that remarkable thing that happens when you have that encounter. And a part of it is because of our lack of consecration. For Daniel and the three Hebrew children, they refused to compromise. They refused to compromise. Even when it was presented to them, right there, they refused. But you see what it says there? It says what Daniel purposed in his heart. Brethren, that's what we need. Our book says that one of the major reasons why Daniel and his friends pro- uh, prospered was because they consecrated or separated themselves even in a foreign land. They let their bosses know that they belong to God. Uh, identity. When you suffer from identity, you are afraid you have to tell your boss that you are a Christian or you no know one that you should do, you, you are not sure. But for Daniel and the three Hebrew children, oh no, they were walking tall as children of Israel who knew God. And they said they belonged to God. So in our book it says there are probably some people who are studying this lecture now who have compromised their faith. But we should learn from Daniel that he did not compromise his faith. The tribulation didn't know. And the church to us is determined to consecrate yourself and set yourself apart from, I mean, apart for God in your venture. And that's the same challenge. The other thing, the second thing that could be, the, that could be what, that should be what we, we need to do in order to get this promotion and this lifting and have these remarkable experiences of this uh, grace is passing the tests. Of God Especially when you face difficult Situation and you have to make Difficult choices Daniel chapter 3 Verses 14 and then 28 to 30 It reads And Nebuchadnezzar said to them Is it true Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego That you do not serve my gods Or worship the image Of gold I have set Is it true? Then Nebuchadnezzar said, Praise be to the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who has sent his angel and rescued his servants. They trusted in him and defied the king's command and were willing to give up their lives rather than serve or worship any god except their own god. Then, the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the province of Babylon. Now, you probably, if you reason logically, it does not make sense for the king to promote them because guess what they just did? They just disobeyed the king. But you know what? Because of the encounter that they had with God, And because they have an identity with God, whom they know that is greater than any other thing else, they chose to serve that God. They didn't care. They were facing difficult choices, but they they chose to stand on the side of God. If you and I are charged with any choice, that might lead us to losing our jobs. Not, not, not even losing our lives like that of the uh, of the three Hebrew children, just losing our job. At least you lose your job, you'll still be alive to, to still apply, okay? You'll still be alive to apply. But that was not the case here. These people were about losing their lives but they say you know what this encounter that I have had with this almighty God because it is his own knowledge that matters now not mine I know I choose to be with him that was what the apostle experienced too in Acts of the Apostles chapter 4 when they were you know when they said we would rather obey God than than man. You are not going to follow that. So they passed the test that they were facing. Because the test was are you going to follow God or are you going to worship my God? Many of us do not even know when we are taking a test. When we are taking a test, we don't even know that we are taking a test. And we discussed that last week during this on the school too, talking about, uh, I mean, tests. Said, so, and the reason is this, that we are oblivious to the things that God expects of us as his children. Hence, when there is anything contrary to his will, In our lives, we do not even know. But you must know the word of God to know what God expects of you as his special treasure and his jewel. You must know him so that you can know what the word of God says. What are the expectations of the word of God of you? What are they? That is when you will know when you are being tested. Because Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego knew. The things that would not be pleasing to God in their lives. Because they knew it. When they were tested, they knew that they were taking a test. And they knew, oh, you know, as for this test. I mean, this is an easy one. We must pass it. But many of us don't even know when we are being tested. Because we do not know the word of God. But when you know the word of God, you will know. It was very easy for Jesus to know when the devil was was tempting. Because when the devil says, Ah, eat bread, Jesus said, (laughs) No, okay. Yeah, according to the word of God, man shall not live by bread alone. He knew. And you say, ah, look at this whole world. If Jesus knew me, worship you. Ah, no, I worship only God. That's what it says in the scripture. So when you know the word of God, it's very easy to know. So passing the test during difficult situations, when you are facing difficult choices, is easy when you know. But then you know another thing that we suffer from is, Many of us, we know, but we don't, we just know for that moment and that is it. We don't go back to review and review and review. So sometimes when we are given a test, we are taken by surprise. It's just like when you walk into a class, you are supposed to be reading. They said, yeah, the professor says, read these chapters, okay? And then when you come to the class, you no, know, the professor can decide to, to give you a quiz. You, you know, when they give quizzes, they don't tell you. In those days, I mean, when when the teachers give quizzes, you don't know that they're given any quiz. They They will not tell you. If not, it will not be a quiz. And guess who is the one to pass that quiz? The person who has been reviewing and reviewing. The person who does not review will come and then be given that quiz, and it will be a surprise. And you cannot even read, you cannot even understand the question before you even answer it. That is why many of us are not enjoying the grace of God, because we do not read, we do not read the Word of God again and again and again in order to prepare for the tests that we may face. Our book says that when they were faced with the test of the fiery furnace, they chose to go with God. And it said they passed the test before God. And then what happened? They were promoted. So in the marketplace, in the marketplace, there are many things that could come your way that will be a test of your faith. And you'll be left to make choice. And the choice you'll be left to make is God or. Now, which one are you going to choose? Because that is what... You know, the reason why many of us do not... The reason why many of us are afraid to stand on the side of God is we doubt whether God is going to save us, whether we are going to come free from that situation, or whether it's going to lead to our downfall, or our being asked to leave from that place of work. So doubt, doubt, doubt affects us. When it comes to choosing God, we are not sure of our stand anymore. But brethren, that needs to change because this grace, that encounter that has made God to now take over your life and for everything that pertains to life and godliness, we need to now rely on His knowledge because He said, For His, his own knowledge is now what determines, and the knowledge of God of you when he says you are his special jewel is there's no matter how bad it is he's going to showcase you that's what he will do and so it's my prayer that we will no longer doubt Amen. so that it will be an easy choice like shadrach meshach and abednego it, it was tough but hey if God decides not to save us, it is still better to be on his side anyway. That was what they said. Even though they knew they were going to die. And I pray that God will lead us to that point when we will say the same thing. Oh, as aside for this one, my employer, there's no compromise. It is God. Whether God delivers me, whether the case turns out that I am still not, I still don't care, it is still God I'm going to go with. And I pray that God will get us there. Amen. We have, you know, some, so many contemporary examples, you know, of people who decided to choose God that we have in our book, one of it, uh, Samuel Kathy you know, the person who started Chick-fil-A, and you know of Chick-fil-A that uh, they, they are not open on Sundays, right? In case you don't know, don't go looking for Chick-fil-A on Sunday. They don't open on Sunday. And guess what? I think it is the most profitable restaurant right now. If not the most, it should be one of the most but uh, for the last time I read, it is. And there's no place, that there, there's no time that there's any dull moment at any Chick-fil-A. Any Chick-fil-A. There's no dull moment. But they're not open on Sunday. Don't you wonder? Isn't Sundays when there should be more people trooping in? Because it's a weekend. But they do not open on Sunday. Ridiculed by you know by so by so many people but oh no that's what God ministered to the one and so he passed the test another another one is uh, I mean David Green, you know, the person that started Hobby Lobby. Okay? We we have one in London here too. And there's something about that man, you know said, if you have anything, or if I have anything, it's because it's been given to us by our creator. That is what he said. That's what that man believes. That's what he believes. So, you know, there are so many other examples of people who have given themselves to God. Another thing that we need to do in order to ensure that we get this promotion and this lifting in our book, it says, training and continuous learning. And when you look at Daniel chapter 1 and verse 4, it says this, select only strong, healthy, and good-looking young men, he said, make sure they are well versed in every branch of learning and are gifted with knowledge and good judgment and are suited to serve in the royal palace. Train these young men in the language and literature of Babylon. Continuous learning. That's the one thing that many of us do not do. Imagine the things that qualify Daniel and the you know, three Hebrew children. They were a part of those who were fit and ready to learn. And, you know, in our book, it says that um, there are so many examples we can give of Christians who experience grace in their lives, okay, in the marketplace. We have mentioned Consecration and passing of uh, the test of God or putting God first. See, however, this not, not, does not exempt us from learning or studying the requisite knowledge required for our vocation. There are so many of us who do not continue to improve ourselves in what we are supposed to do. And yet, we expect to be lifted and to be promoted. As we saw here, the king needed people who were versed, who were learning, who were continuing to learn, not those who were relying on their old knowledge. And so there we have it. You know, uh, it says that um, there are some people, when they have exams in the morning, uh, Prayer I mean prayer vigil is not what you should be doing and uh, I mean the night before, but what should you be doing? You should be reviewing the materials. No, we misinterpret the way night vigil works. no. So we need to do the things that we are supposed to do. So we have that example of Daniel, Shedra, Meshach, and Abednego. You know, there were people who were vast in the, you know, uh, who were vast in knowledge, and so they qualified for it. Joseph was, so, was also another person, okay? Joseph was not just caught with just dreams, and dreams, and dreams. No, while interpreting dreams, To Pharaoh, he was also able to use his knowledge of, you know what, this is how you can multiply this thing. You know it is during famine that you, 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 I mean, I I mean it is during plenty that you prepare for the time of famine. Those things. He didn't say, you know, during uh, plenty, you keep on praying that the plenty will remain and remain. Yeah, prayer is okay, but then you also need to have that plan. Learning will expose you to those things. The last thing that we want to do is partnering with the Holy Spirit. That's the fourth thing that we need to do, partnering with the Holy Spirit. And if you look at John chapter 16 and verse 13, it says, However, when he, the Spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth and He will tell you things to come. You know what? That is the grace. that I mean, that is the uh, the remarkable thing that happens to you as a Christian when you have that encounter with God. You stand in that privilege of God revealing things to you so that when you sit in the meetings with your colleagues and they are deliberating on something, you just sit down there smiling. And then when it comes to your tongue and you open your mouth, the things that the Spirit will, the Holy Spirit will reveal to you will be, they say, wow. Wow. Yes. That's what we should be doing. And if they say that, oh, how would you not be promoted and be lifted? There's no way. You will be promoted and be lifted. And that is what the Spirit of God does. That's what, that encounter that you have with God. Because now the divine has taken over you as a result of that encounter. God reveals things to you. Reveals things to you. You just sit down there. You just be hearing what everyone is saying. You are observing. And then you just say your own. And that will be the end of it say, that's the solution we are looking for. And the next time they are considering people for promotion, there's no way you'll be left out. There's no way you'll be left out. There's no way Daniel could be left out of anything after interpreting that dream. There's no way Joseph could be left out after interpreting that, that dream. No way. The same thing will happen to you too if you get that revelation from God. And that revelation will come because it's one of the the remarkable things that will happen when you have that encounter. So the question is, do you have that encounter? Have you had that encounter? Something remarkable must happen. There must be something because God must showcase you as a result of that encounter. He must showcase you. But you have to Consecrate yourself. You have to know his word so that you can pass the test. You have to continue to improve yourself. Learning. And then, you cannot but partner with the spirit. That's why we pray every Sunday morning. One of the things we pray for is partnering with the spirit. When we talk of getting first hand revelation, is Partnering with the Spirit. So, in our conclusion in the book, it says in this chapter, we see that the grace of God brought by our Lord Jesus Christ is not only limited to the walls of our church, it's not only for redemption, it's not only for getting us ready for heaven, rather, the grace is also available to distinguish us in the work of our hands. Whether we are academics, trainers, professionals, politicians, and civil servants, the grace of God is available to make us above only and not beneath. It is ready to exchange our poverty for his prosperity. It is truly an amazing grace However, for us to reap the fruits of this exceeding grace in the marketplace, we cannot conduct our business like the world. We must consecrate ourselves and our work to God. We must be ready to stand for God and pass the test of God. Also, we must do our part in getting the necessary training and knowledge required God will do his part when we do our part so brethren God's grace invites us to embrace each day as a fresh opportunity to experience his faithfulness whether we are struggling with the effects of our own mistakes or going through other hardships God's spirit can breathe forgiveness, new life, and hope into each day. And listen to this. Every day is a reboot of sorts. An opportunity to follow the lead of the great director who is weaving our story into his bigger one for you and I. Brethren, if you have not encountered this grace yet, if you have not had that encounter, today is another day for you. Don't leave without expressing that encounter, and those remarkable things that you so admire will begin to happen in your life. God bless you. If you're in the Washington, D.C. region, visit in person at our address. Please subscribe to our YouTube channel and follow us in our social media. God bless you.